the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FinBrain Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning and welcome to spring in Northeast Ohio. The temperatures are rising going to be 60 degrees today. Everything is stirring in the backyard. Most of the birds are back. The red-winged blackbirds, the bluebirds, the robins. The robins spend most of their time fighting over their territories in the backyard, but that's okay. The Canadian geese, they're on the pond, and they also have got their nest around the backyard. Every time I'm wandering around the backyard, I see them uh, trying to protect something. So I assume that that's their nest. So uh, it's a great sight to see everything becoming alive in the spring. Every critter is moving through the backyard (laughs) under the cover of nightfall. But they're all looking for a new home or a a nest to raise their young. We got the possums, the skunks, the raccoons. They're all on the move. And my green shoots are finally blossoming. And uh, the daffodils, they really add color, both to the front and the backyard. But it's still too wet to work out in the, in the backyard. So basically, let's work on our financial planning and and, and work on our income tax. If, if, uh, if you're not finished that yet, that's due the 18th. So and when that's done, it'll be time to relax and then enjoy life. The stock market as measured by the uh, three major U.S. stock indices, the Standard & Poor and Dow Jones Industrial Average and the NASDAQ, were up big time this past week. And it, it's, it's hard to believe that the uh, because we still have the, the banking problem, and it's not over, I'm sure it's not over yet. The more they hunt around in the, in the woodpile, the more they'll find uh, surprises. Uh, inflation is still with us, still it's in five or six percent, depending upon uh, which measurement you use, the consumer price index or the personal consumption expenditure uh, uh, price index. Um, that's still going to be hard to uh, 
conquer, particularly since we're getting down into the hard parts of it, and particularly when the, we're down in inflations at five or six percent and the uh, uh, raises uh, that uh, workers are getting are in the same category, five or six percent. The question is, how do we get down to two percent inflation with raises at five or six percent? And the Federal Reserve has asked that question several times. So that brings up the next subject was, and uh, with regard to a possibility of a recession, everyone knows there's a good possibility of a recession out there, particularly as the interest rates have moved up and. um, so the, the latest results from the Federal Reserve, they've got the uh, overnight rates for the federal funds rates up to uh, four and three quarters to five percent. And uh, that's an area where uh, you may have laid the foundation for the recession. It's just a matter of when it appears. So we'll that's a that's a concern. But hey. For the last uh, two or three weeks, the markets have been up, so we take the good news wherever we can get it. And uh, this week, there was some good news on several fronts. Uh, you know, the the inflation thing. Uh, yesterday, the Department of Commerce uh, reported the personal consumption expenditure price index uh, for February, and that's the uh, the uh, in the uh, inflation measurement that the Federal Reserve likes rather than the consumer price index. You know, they're, they're, they both measure baskets of, of goods and how prices are going up uh, either month by well, both month by month as well as over the last 12 months. So uh, the latest results we got are for February. And uh, uh, what it shows is that the uh, the the uh, core personal consumption expenditure, uh, which excludes food and fuel, uh, that rose three tenths of a percent in February, and that's uh, after the uh, January was revised down slightly, and the overall uh, uh, personal consumption expenditure, including both. Uh, 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 food and fuel, uh, that rose up uh, 5%. And uh, what you saw was that what you saw was that the uh, uh, deceleration from January and and uh, it's still much higher than the central bank's 2% goal, but uh, the feeling is that uh, we get down to maybe like 3%, we'll find out how serious they are about their 2%. So uh, if we take a look at the the, uh, the uh, core uh, personal consumption expenditure, the core personal expenditure over a 12-month period climbed to 4.6%, and that's uh, the smallest increase since October of 2021. So what you're seeing is that the, as far as the personal consumption expenditures yeah, price index, that's the measurement of inflation, what you're seeing is that uh, if you include food and fuel, uh, it's increased three-tenths of 1% over the month of February. And if you look at it from a 12-month period ending in February, it's increased uh uh, 5%. Now, if you take away the food and fuel and you talk about a, a core personal consumption expenditure price index, then you're talking about an increase of three-tenths of 1% in February and a four at 4.6% increase over a 12-month period ending in February. So both of those numbers are good, particularly the, the three-tenths of a percent. Yeah, you know, because three tenths of a percent, if they just hold that and uh, just drop it a little bit, three tenths of a percent in one month times twelve gives me three point six percent. If they can get it down a little lower than three tenths of a percent, then we're in the 
we're into the 3% over a 12-month period rate, which is where we want to be. This week, uh, the uh, U.S. stocks rose and the Treasury yields uh, dropped as traders waged that the the, uh, Fed would be done hiking interest soon. And uh, the uh, number that came in for the uh, one-month increases in the uh, inflation measurement, they were less than the original estimates. They came in at three-tenths of a percent for the month. And the original estimates uh, indicated they might come in at four-tenths of a percent. So one of the big concerns uh, with regard to the inflation is the service sector inflation. Uh, the service sector inflation is, is sticky in a sense that it's due to the strong wage growth in uh, in industries. If you take a look at the economy, uh, inflation is uh, uh, manufacturing. Manufacturing is slowing down, uh, but people are now spending their money mostly on uh, travel, uh, eating out, uh, entertainment, things of this nature. And uh, that's a uh, hot part of the economy right now. And uh, wages are going up in that particular area. Uh, That said, service inflation, excluding housing and energy services, increased, uh, mind you, increased three-tenths of a percent in uh, February. And that is the deceleration from the previous month. Another big thing this week, plus this week, was the, call it the quiet or calm regarding the bank failures. Uh, previous, previously, when the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank were uh, collapsing and being taken over by the FDIC, uh, there was a lot of concern about how widespread this rash of uh, bank failures would be and uh, what the government would do to uh, control the situation. Basically, what you're seeing is that uh, as the story unfolds, the government intervention involving the uh, U.S. Department of Treasury and the FDIC and the Federal Reserve, uh, they're making sure that all the depositors, both insured and uninsured, uh, were protected and everybody was made whole. And that really uh, quieted the situation, but uh, it's one of those things where where suddenly it appeared out of nowhere, and the question is: Is there more uh, more problems in the pipeline coming at us that we don't know about? Uh, former former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers, uh, he uh, from his experience, he urged the current uh, Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, and other top regulators to pledge that they'll back the. Uh, uninsured deposits in any banks that fail over the next year. And uh, that would be an important, he fears, that that would be an important move that could help build confidence amid the uh, uh, the, uh, present situation. And he said, quote, uh, there needs to be clarity on the situation regarding these deposits. He said that uh, he mentioned that on Bloomberg's uh, Wall Street Week, and uh, he remarked that, well, regulators don't have the authority, legal authority, to give a blanket guarantee that they're going to uh, uh, take over uh, and um, guarantee uh, both uh, the uh, insured uh, insured uh, deposits as well as the uninsured deposits. There's no, there's no doubt about the insured deposits. That's the $250,000 per savings account or bank account that is uh, guaranteed by the FDIC. It's uh, accounts that are higher than the $250,000 that are in question. And in the case of these two failures, Signature Bank and, and uh, Silicon Valley Bank, they said... Uh, they came in and they said, we'll guarantee everybody's deposits. 
which is the big step forward, which cost the uh, cost the FDIC about twenty billion dollars for uh, uh, for uh, Silicon Valley Bank and about two billion dollars for the uh, Signature Bank. So uh, it would be a little expensive. They got to figure out a way to get this done without bankrupting it. Of course, the the government indicates that hey. Uh, the the FDIC was the organization that paid for this uh, protection for all the deposits. And the FDIC money uh, comes from uh, uh, insurance that the banks uh, pay to the FDIC. In other words, if if your bank has uh, $5 million of savings that they want to insure under the FDIC program, uh, they pay a certain... uh, a percentage of that to the FDIC, who accumulates their uh, war chest so that they can go in and rescue any banks that fail. And uh, only under extreme circumstances like 2008 or 2009 uh, do you run into a situation where the, where the uh, uh, FDIC has to go to the federal government and uh, but they can go to the federal government, and the federal government will give them money for this. For these cases we were talking about here, it, uh, there really hasn't been any money from the federal government. It came from the uh, FDIC uh, fund, and the FDIC fund is paid uh, by uh, premiums that are paid by by the banks. For ensuring their deposits, so uh, Larry Summers continued in terms of uh, uh, you know, his, his remarks about this. Uh, they don't have the legal authority to give a blanket guarantee for uninsured deposits for all the banks, uh, but they can certainly, under the uh, provisions of systematic risk exemption. Uh, they can uh, use that to assure depositors will be paid in full for a certain period of time. So he continued, quote, in the the U.S., regulators should make clear that depositors will be paid in full, as was done with Silicon Valley and states that it's their intention to maintain uh, their policy for the next year. Well, we'll see what happens. It, it, It certainly... Uh, helped after the the uh, two banks that uh, collapsed. Uh, you know, the, the feeling he was just advising uh, Janet Yellen in terms of uh, uh, provide very substantial confidence in the banking system and it's better to err on the sides of overdoing when you're talking about protecting against bank runs than it is to err on the side of underdoing. So uh, Summers pointed out, quote, the highly fevered environment with respect to contagion uh, right now and said that the right message of supporting depositors over an interim period, uh, the regulators can uh, contain a significant amount of the pressure that they're facing now. So basically what you're seeing is that, you know, the the stocks are up, the bonds are up this week, and been up for the last couple of weeks. But there are still issues that are still out there and uh, uh, things that are going to unfold as we keep increasing the uh, interest rates. Uh, one of the things that Summers brought up was the key question is whether the financial dynamics uh, of increasing these rates where uh, could lead to constriction of credit and that in turn could lead to declining asset prices and that include that in turn could lead to non-performance of loans and hence more credit constriction. So uh, basically he said that uh, <laughs> he wouldn't feel comfortable uh, until maybe the uh, the end of the summer in terms of what came out of this uh, this banking situation? So, and uh, uh, what you're seeing is that uh, there are still problems out there. There are still issues out there. There's no all clear yet, 
There's concerns about a, uh, a recession, and uh, uh, companies are preparing for it. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, uh, nobody knows if there is going to be a recession, but uh, the prudent person prepares for it anyhow. So if you take a look around and see what happened this week, global equities were generally positive this week. Uh, in the U.S., the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrials, the Standard Poor 500, and then the NASDAQ Composites, we're basically all up for the week, big time. And in the UK, the FTSE 100 was up, called the European Union, uh, Germany's DAX uh, was up, and the stock uh, Europe 600 were both up for the week. Also in Asia, it was the same story with Japan's Nikkei 225 up for the week, and in China, the Shanghai Composite and the Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both basically up for the weekend. On Friday, the three major stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones at 33,274.15. So it was up uh, 3.22% for the week. And uh, the, the Standard and Poor 500 closed the week at 4,109.31. And that was up 3.48%. Uh, uh, for the week in the NASDAQ, uh, was basically closed at 12,221.91, and that was up 3.37% for the week. So basically, uh, those three large stock indices were all up about, uh, at around three, anywhere from three and a quarter to three and a half percent, uh, last week, which is a, uh, good week, but as I call it, as I was mentioning, there are still problems out there, and uh, it, it, it was a good end to the uh, to the first quarter. And now we'll see what uh, what happens in the uh, in the second quarter. Another, some more things we'll talk about today. We'll talk about the uh, the consumer price index as well as the uh, we'll talk about inflation in terms of. Uh, both the consumer price index as well as the personal consumption expenditure. We'll also talk about the uh, uh, the uh, case shiller. We'll talk about real estate, uh, home real estate, in terms of the case shiller uh, home price index and how that's uh, uh, varying. What you, what's, what it's showing is that uh, uh, in some areas, the uh, uh, in, in, well, nationally, what you're seeing is that the uh, percentage increase in home prices is going down. In other words, it's it's increasing at a slower pace. In other words, if you were to visualize home prices versus time, it uh, has been going up, but now it's going to plateau um, in, in, I don't know how many months or something like that. It, it's basically going to flatten out. Uh, whether it goes down or not, it may go down, but it's certainly not a case of 2008 or 2009. Uh, there was there was real real banking problems in those days. Uh, what we have right now is three uh, percent. Uh, the thirty thirty year uh, mortgage rate of three percent has changed to the uh, the latest number is about. Uh, 6.45% for a 30-year mortgage. And that means that uh, uh, one that would be at, one that would be guaranteed by Fannie or Freddie. And uh, uh, so you've got to have the what they call conforming paper, uh, the uh, proof that you've got a job, that you've got uh, uh, the paychecks, and uh, uh, that's an 80% loan to value type thing. So uh, we'll also talk about, uh, uh, let's see, the uh, consumer uh, uh, survey from uh, the University of Michigan. And these basically the consumer survey from the University of Michigan indicates that uh, people's feeling is that, yes, people are preparing 
for a recession in the sense that they know it's they know it's out there, and just like any any company, they don't know when it's going to happen or where it's going to happen. It's just a matter of don't overextend yourself, don't get involved in any big projects until you're sure of uh, basically what's going on here. So uh, those are the things we'll talk about. But in the big picture, we also have to talk about uh, your financial plan. You know, we're talking about uh, the big picture, but uh, you have to talk about your goals and how you intend to meet your goals. And uh, these goals are long-term goals. Sure, they could be anywhere from short-term, medium-term, long-term. And uh, you have to put up a, a system, a systematic plan that says, I've got assets coming in the door, which generally are paychecks or rental income or some uh, monies coming in the door, and I am going to uh, put them in certain places and invest them so that they grow so that they can meet a demand for a future goal. So I've identified the goals, I've identified when I'm going to need the money, and I've identified how much money I'm going to need and what kind of uh, investments I have to make in terms of risk and reward and uh, things of this nature. Uh, And uh, I also have to... uh, have insurances, life insurances, in case uh, something happens to me, uh, so that uh, uh, the, the family uh, can, can uh, uh, continue on without me. And the other part is uh, the uh, property and casualty insurance to make sure the, uh, that there's a fire or that there's a automobile accident and uh, I get sued. Uh, so that uh, that doesn't uh, totally wipe out uh, the plan. So all these things fit into uh, your planning and uh, what's necessary. We look at the big picture to see uh, how that affects our investments, but uh, the most important part is the personal financial plan. And let me uh, uh, give you a number here. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one. 888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. You can give us a call and we can talk about your financial plan or uh, what you're seeing out there. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You know, the things we talk about here are, are we do a lot of talking about the big picture, and uh, <laughs> that that amounts to be careful, uh, but we also have to take a look at, at our own financial plan, and we have, first thing you have to do is take a long view uh, about the investing issues, and the, and 
after you learn how to diversify and simplify your investment portfolio, uh, basically in today's world, you tuck the quarterly statements into the file, whether they're up or down, uh, because we know that diversification is a method of managing risk and uh, doesn't really protect us against the loss in the down market. Uh, 2022 has been, definitely been a down market for both the stock stocks as well as the uh, the bonds. And uh, but aside from that, you have to view your uh, current financial sacrifices as a as a powerful strategy uh, for achieving your dreams. In other words, we talked before about goals. Uh, they can go from, hey, I'm young and I've got a goal to get a, a car and an apartment uh, to uh, uh, starting a family and getting serious and getting married and all the rest of it. And then I'm uh, in the process of raising the, the family, the children, and uh, finding the money to, to uh, for their schooling and their standard of living of the family and uh, uh, then retiring. So all these things you, you you look at and you have to have a strategy for getting there. And what you, what you basically, uh, along the way, you're learning to save more, uh, basically to invest more and to spend less. Uh, and that doesn't mean you're poor. Uh, you're basically getting richer and you're getting smarter. And the biggest financial mistakes uh, Americans will ever make is not their investment choices, but their spending choices. You know, the secret of every millionaire next door is saving often and early and uh, continuing to pay themselves first throughout their lifetime. And by pay yourself first, that means that uh, uh, the money that comes in, uh, you carefully uh, allocate that to your future goals. Uh, put that money away, then the rest of the money is basically spending money. And uh, uh, you're looking at if you can develop that habit, and uh, uh, that means that you you can look forward to what's happening in the world and view change as, as basically an opportunity. Things will change, and uh, you're on top of it, and you're ready to make moves. and Part of it is you could choose who you want to be. Do you want to be uh, uh, rich or do you want to be poor? If you give your money away to the wealthy in exchange for material possessions, uh, material possessions like cars and things like that, they get old and rust away and you basically impoverish yourself. Uh, so what you do is uh, don't give it away. Hold on to it. Invest it. Uh, uh, you know, and then develop a, a process of of investing and uh, thinking about uh, justifying your your current consumption spending habits. Uh, will it will it uh, meet your goals in the future? And uh, and uh, you have to get used to being in the in the process of uh, paying off your credit card debt, you know, stash enough cash, your emergency fund to have uh, <clears throat> four, you know, anyway, six months uh, uh, of emergency funds, uh, six months of, of the amount necessary to run the house, uh, household for six months. If you lose your job or get injured, it doesn't have to be invested in in the stock market or anything, you could put it into the bank. Uh, and also put together a written budget uh, just to see where your money is going and, and how much basically is left over and uh, make that decision as to uh, what you're going to spend and what you're going to save. And, uh, and uh, buy only what you need this year, not what you want. And make sure your kids do the same. So as you get older, you give your children and your grandchildren your memories uh, and basically sometimes a piece of your mind and uh, lessons from the school of hard knocks instead of 
basically trying to buy them with uh, material things. So, you know, what you do is keep your eyes on the far road ahead and uh, uh, in order to define your goals, hey, make a list of the most important things in your life. And you'll notice that uh, when you make that list, it'll help you in terms of of your financial plan, but it'll also uh, it'll also show you uh, how few of these very very important things in your life are dependent upon money, and a lot of it is dependent upon uh, your your family, your friends, and and uh, your community and things that you get satisfaction from. So. <clears throat> These are all part of, of uh, uh, your financial plan and putting it together. And uh, uh, one thing I'd like to mention with this uh, April 18th coming up, coming up pretty fast right now, I mentioned this before, but I just want to uh, mention it again about moves, things to do before uh, the deadline. And it's not too late to... Uh, impact your 2022 tax situation. Uh, you might contribute to a traditional IRA. Um, you can uh, save on your 2022 uh, taxes and put some money away for later to contribute to a traditional IRA. Uh, he gives you, if, if you qualify, the account gives you an upfront tax deductibility for your contributions plus tax-deferred growth in your earnings. So you can contribute up to $6,000 to a traditional IRA plus a $1,000 catch-up if you're age 50 or older, and you have until tax day to do that. And uh, you might also consider uh, a uh, Roth IRA. and That doesn't lower your taxable income today, but it, you can save on taxes in retirement, depending on your circumstances. And if you're in a low tax bracket today and expect to be in a higher tax bracket, when you, when you draw the money, then the, the Roth is a good idea. Uh, but it's for certain people. You, know, can you also consider a SEP IRA. Certainly, if you're self-employed, uh, you know, with just a family involved in the business, so to speak, it's also, you know, for small business owners, uh, it's a good method of saving uh, fairly large amounts of money. For 2022, you can set aside 25% of your net income from self-employment or a uh, maximum of $61,000, whichever is less. And if you have employees, you can contribute retirement savings for them as well up to 25% of their compensation. So uh, also max out your health savings account. And uh, uh, you have until uh, tax day to contribute to your health savings account for 2022 tax year. So you can sock away uh, $3,650 in tax-free health savings account contributions uh, for singles and 7300 for families. And if you're over 55, you get a, you can kick in an extra $1,000. So um, these are things that uh, you have a short fuse on, but they're a method of uh, uh, getting something done after you take a look at your taxes, I'm sure. <clears throat> you know, you... you you take a, several runs at your taxes to see if you can uh, get that tax bill down any lower than you. And here's some uh, ideas that you can use to uh, parse it down a little bit. So this is Jim McAleese. Hey, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. Our toll-free number is uh, 1-888-281-1110. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to Get Rich Grow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Hey, one of the things we uh, we learned today was that uh, uh, inflation is coming down. Uh, the personal uh, the uh, for February, U.S. households increased uh, uh, their their spending, and uh, and that, uh, but they didn't increase it that much. And the spending for U.S. households increased only two tenths of a percent, or basically uh, twenty-seven or twenty-eight billion dollars uh, for February. And uh, they also upwardly revised their household spending in January. The household spending in January was two percent, uh, whereas it was two tenths of a percent in February. So. Uh, households cut spending on goods uh, last month and increased spending slightly on services. So uh, the economy shown signs of cooling in response to the Fed's effort to, com- to combat inflation. In the past year, the central bank uh, reeled off the most rapid series of rate increases since the early 1980s. If you recall, in the 1980s, Paul Volcker uh, raised the federal funds rate up to a, up to as high as 20%. You know, we're talking at the present time, we're talking about maybe, well, we're talking that the federal funds rate right now is 5%, and they might be going as high as uh, five and a quarter or five and a half percent. But in 2081, uh, they increased it twenty uh, percent, uh, and of course they they had one hell of a recession too, that where the unemployment got up to something like eleven percent. So uh, they conquered inflation at that time. Hopefully we're uh, we're not on the, on the on the path to use that plan. Uh, so basically, what we're seeing is that the uh, Federal Reserve funds rate now stands at high of uh, 5%, and they may be another, uh, we expect another one quarter of a percent increase in May. I think it's the third or fourth of May they're going to have their meeting. And uh, at that time, they're talking about uh, pausing for a while and waiting and see what happens. Uh, You know, they've been, at the time they were increasing the federal funds rate at Three quarters of a percent a month after at each meeting, they were criticized uh, for doing that because uh, there's a lag between uh, when the Fed takes action and when the economy uh, really shows its response to that action. And uh, the concern was that hey, you guys are increasing these rates so fast that you don't know whether you. Uh, increase the uh, interest rates to the point where you are, are going to guarantee your cost of, uh, causing a recession or not. So uh, that's why they kind of slowed down uh, their three quarters of a percent. And then uh, they've been doing this one quarter of a percent uh, since then. So uh, we might see a quarter of a percent in May. I think that's a high probability. What happened in June? Uh, uh, I don't know. They, uh, they might uh, increase it a quarter percent in May and then uh, pause and just sit and wait and see what happens. They are counting on, the Federal Reserve is counting on this uh, uh, banking situation uh, to help them in, in conquering inflation. And the, the rationale there is that uh, the the bank failures are going to cause the uh, regulators to really step up their examination of the banks. And it's also going to cause the banks to uh, get more cautious, too. You know, in this failure at uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, a thing that came out of nowhere uh, was that the uh, they weren't paying attention. Well, two things came out of nowhere. Uh, one was that they weren't paying attention to uh, their uh, withdrawals, and uh, 
suddenly they had money, their reserves were in long-term U.S. treasuries, which are uh, great if you hold on to them until they mature. But what they did was buy U.S. treasuries, uh, let's say, before 2022, uh, 2019, 2020. Those treasuries, even a 10-year U.S. treasury, had a coupon of one and a half percent. Well, uh, when the 2022, when the uh, depositors started uh, uh, withdrawing their money from the bank, uh, the uh, a brand new 10-year treasury had a coupon of three and a half percent. So if you had to sell this uh, low uh, coupon treasury into that type of market, uh, you were going to take a, a haircut of uh, anywhere from ten to fifteen percent. That's what that's what happened in uh, uh, Silicon Valley, in the sense that uh, because of the requests for withdrawals, uh, uh, they had to sell something like over twenty billion dollars worth of, uh, of worth of long term treasuries with uh, low coupons. In the market, and they took a loss of uh, $2.4 billion in doing that. And of course, when the regulators came in and and basically, basically it boiled down to, hey, you took a $2.4 billion loss in selling these, these treasuries to meet their, you meet your withdrawal and your company, your bank is only worth $2.4 billion. So you're broke. Uh, and uh, that was basically the uh, the things that you know the banks do have to worry about. Uh, so uh, I'm not quite sure where I was. <laughs> where I was there, <laughs> I got off on a tangent there. <laughs> so basically, you know, the the uh, what we're seeing here is that uh, people are sp- spending. Uh, less than they did before. Maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's this banking thing. The banking thing is uh, the Federal Reserve is looking at this banking scare and saying, "Hey, uh, that is going to cause the banks to <clears throat> make less loans, and that's going to that's going to slow the economy down." And of course, to the consumer. They're seeing the banking situation and saying, well, okay, it looks like there's another problem on the horizon here. So they're slowing down their spending, too. So all in all, it's working in the in the Federal Reserve's direction of slowing the economy down. Uh, I think somebody made an estimate that this banking situation is equivalent to basically another half a percent increase in uh, the federal funds rate in terms of slowing the U.S. economy down. So basically what we're saying is that uh, uh, if we take a look and and say that, uh, uh, for instance, in um, February, February, personal consumption expenditures, how much did people spend extra uh, in February? They spent $27.9 billion for an increase of two-tenths of 1%. The month before, they spent $312 billion for an increase of 2%. But the previous two months, uh, they were negative. They they cut back on their spending. So uh, right now, the personal savings uh, uh, rate is about 4.6%. So it's higher than it was a little while ago, but we're still talking, if you were talking about uh, 2020 during the uh, uh, during the COVID situation, people were saving 17%, and in 2021, they were saving 12% of their income. So uh, now they're down to about 4.6%. So and that's increasing. So uh, what you're seeing is that the $27.9 billion increase in the uh, 
personal consumption expenditure in February reflects an increase of uh, $25.8 billion in spending for services and an increase of $2 billion in spending for goods. You know, within services, uh, we include housing and health care, and that was partially partially offset by a decrease in food services and and accommodations. Within goods, uh, the increase in gasoline and other uh, uh, energy goods and uh, other uh, non-durable goods led by pharmaceuticals and food and beverages were partly offset by a decrease in motor vehicles and parts. So uh, what you're seeing is that the consumer for February is slowing down, but for January it was it was much higher. Then let's talk about the personal consumption expenditures uh, price index. That's your the Federal Reserve's measure of inflation, our preferred measure of inflation, and uh, that came in at uh, what's the number here? That came in at. Uh, uh, three percent or three tenths of one percent uh, increase for February and five uh, percent increase uh, for the twelve months ending in February. And if you eliminate uh, food and fuel, then the uh, uh, increase in the personal consumption expenditure uh, increases three tenths of a percent in February and increases 4.6% in uh, uh, for the 12 months ending in February. So uh, the four point, uh, let me just go to the uh, uh, the year over year, the 12 months uh, numbers and uh, in uh, January, what were they? January, January, those numbers were 5.4% and 4.7. And uh, February, the 12-month number was 5%, and then the core number was 4.6%. So it's going in the right direction there. So uh, if you go and take a look at uh, uh, pending uh, home sales, what we're going to see is that... uh, uh, even as existing home sales are down uh, this year compared to last year because of the rise in mortgage interest rates, like I say, they've gone from 3% to 6, 6.5%. Uh, pending home sales have increased during the, the past three months and probably because the uh, the latest mortgage rates have decreased uh, slightly. In other words, uh, your mortgage rates uh, for mortgage rates went up to a high of 7.2% last October, and right now they're at 6.45%. That's according to the National Association of of Realtors in their pending uh, home sales index. And home sales uh, rose in February for the third consecutive month up eight-tenths of a percent from January, and month-over-month contract signings increased in uh, in three uh, major regions. They increased in the Northeast, the Midwest, and the South, but they declined in the West. And uh, basically, if you compare home sales uh, this year versus last year, uh, home sales have declined in all four segments, Northeast, uh, Midwest, South, and West. So uh, what you're seeing is that the, uh, uh, according to Lawrence Young, who is their, uh, the, Nas- the National Association of Realtors Chief Economist, um, after nearly a year, he figures that the, uh, the housing sector's contraction is coming to an end. And uh, according to his comments, existing home sales, uh, pending contracts, and, and new new home construction has turned the corner and has climbed for the 
last three months. So uh, some relief in the home sales market there. This is Jim McAleese. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. I smiled when I saw the first flower of spring a week ago. A lone daffodil had blossomed and was looking on a cool March morning. I wasn't sure what made it finally decide to end its long, long winter sleep. Perhaps it had noticed that the ground around it was no longer frozen. Perhaps it felt that the warmth of the sunshine finally pushing the temperatures into the 60s. Perhaps it had heard the songs of the, of the birds singing that spring and arrived and it was time for the world to awaken again. Perhaps the roots of the tree had whispered to it that it's now safe to come out and that their own limbs were already budding. Whatever the reason, it was a joy to see the little guy soaking up the light and calling out to its fellow flowers to join in the celebration of life again. I know that soon it will be joined by other daffodils, tulips, and dandelions. And I know that soon the air will be full of butterflies dancing above them all. I know that soon the meadows will be full of growing grass and the forest will be awash in bright green leaves. I know that soon my home will once again be alive with the glory of God's creation, that we too are part of that creation, but unlike the flowers in the field, we have the ability to bloom even when the world around us is cold, dark, and harsh. We have the ability to share our beauty in the face of ugliness, our joy in the face of fear, and our love in the face of hate. We have the ability to make every day feel like the first day of spring. And may you bloom well today and always and truly be alive for the glory of God's creation. And may you forever make your Heavenly Father smile. And so until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow, May God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.